0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: And welcome to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. A little bit of rain and whatnot going on this weekend, but the great drag strip should be open, uh, weather permitting, especially tomorrow. The weathers I mean, this weather is unseasonably warm and uh they should be uh running they'll 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 run until pretty much the snow flies and uh always a lot of fun out at great lakes dragway and also like to thank david hobbs honda for supporting the show 6100 north green bay road make sure you check them out for new and used cars and also their service department and uh we're gonna have a fun show today Uh, of course jeff Orlowski is joining me jeff welcome to the show Uh thank you
2: sir Playing playing the keyboard. Oh yeah, yeah! I can't believe they put me in charge of so many buttons.
1: That's amazing. They're all lit up. It looks like a Star Trek episode in here.
2: <laughs> it does.
1: Um, it, it should be a lot of fun. We 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 got John Close coming on the show. Uh, Dennis is Dennis Michaelson is tied up, and uh, Lori Monroe is doing farming stuff. Of course, if for for those not aware, Lori actually is Canadian, and so their uh, their weather is moving in probably a good four weeks faster than ours down here so she's getting a lot of stuff done uh, before winter before the snow starts flying and probably up by her a few weeks so uh, she was unable to join the show today but we look forward to hearing from them uh batting uh, uh, our pinch hitter uh, today will be john close who's been on the show before and of course author uh, known around here for uh, writing, uh, for Midwest racing news for many years and was, uh, a rich Bickle spotter and just did, done a lot of, a lot of stuff with, uh, in the world of NASCAR is now happily retired and we'll be talking uh, to him Though He's still an avid, uh, follower of the world NASCAR living down in Charlotte. So we'll be talking to him in the next segment, looking forward to getting his views on things in the world of NASCAR. And, uh, course last week was dover we talked about that last week jeff what, yeah. what'd you think
2: it was okay i know yeah. it's just uh, you know it like was
1: above me
2: yeah just just a hair above yeah like you said mm-hmm.
1: if you go uh, if, uh make sure to check us out on a, on facebook at the tfi the final inspection show uh facebook page and our cover photo is uh a dover grandstand with uh what, uh, just above meh, I think is was? It was a, <laughs> yeah. Was that the term we were using yes, last week? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. So uh, make sure you check out our all our postings at uh, Facebook. Should be a lot of fun.
2: You know, it wasn't a overly compelling race. You know, obviously there was a late pass for the lead at the end. Uh, you know, <laughs> Chase Elliott comes up just short again. And why,
1: why didn't he stay up in the high lane?
2: I, dude, I have no idea. You know what
1: sucked? Cause they ran long, so they 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 cut it off. And unfortunately, I didn't see the other Talking Heads uh, shows uh, during the week. Uh, maybe we'll we'll look into this and in, a little bit later in the show here. But yeah, I, he was running the high line, and that's where a lot of the traffic was too. And and you know, it's like he he he, he almost seemed like it was too easy.
2: Yeah, you know, it it reminded me of when Kyle Larson before he got his first win, he had so many close calls and it's kind of seemed like he choked away a few of them before he got that first win. This kind of seems like, you know, kind of reminiscent of that with Chase Elliott to me. You know, there's no reason why you move off the top, you're making speed, you know, you stay up there. And uh and he didn't and he didn't get the win. Yeah, it's kind of a head
1: scratcher cuz uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't want him to take him out. I mean, I don't want to because you don't want to put yourself in jeopardy, you know, I, I hope and I don't think this happened, but you know, you hope they thought, well, you know, if we finish second, we're still safe. You know, I hope that didn't factor into it. But you 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 wonder like, well, you know, let's not push, let's not push it with Kyle or what what not, you know, it's just kind of Kind of worries you a little bit i don't
2: know you would think that he would be going just you know you know what to the wall to to get that checkered flag so i i like you i would hope i would really really hope that that did not enter their minds
1: well i'll tell you what why don't you know instead of listening to two knuckleheads why don't we get a real pro on the show And uh, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk with John Close, author of 1001 NASCAR Facts, Cars, Tracks, Milestones, and Personalities, when we return to the final inspection show after this break. And welcome back to the final inspection show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda in Glendale. Joining us on the great Midwest Bank hotline, it's John Close. Author of 1001 NASCAR Facts, Cars, Tracks, Milestones, Personalities, and More. Welcome to the show, John.
3: Hey, bud. Really glad to be back. How's everything up in Scotty?
1: Uh, Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, Just enjoying... in enjoying a a football team that doesn't uh, talk down to women. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, yeah!
4: A little yeah,
1: bit of controversy, kind of going, huh? In Charlotte. <laughs>
3: you know, when when uh, when your quarterback, uh, the first thing everybody wants to know is what fashion statement did he make when he came this time? You know, I mean, what get up? was he wearing this time, you know, and now he's branching out a little bit. So Cam's a pretty interesting guy. He keeps things pretty lively around here.
1: And we had John uh, earlier on, on in the year for his book uh, and uh, a fantastic book. Of course, you know, the first few photos in that book are just fantastic. I mean, you should buy <laughs> that <laughs> book just because of those Steve Zotke collection photos that are in there from the Milwaukee Mile of, of long time ago actually they actually date back to my mentor al krause but uh seriously it's a, it's, it's a fun book and uh it, it it's I, you know i love the history of sports in general but especially nascar and and i think it it, it really does a great job of kind of painting a, a thumbnail sketch over the whole history of nascar you did a nice job on that john
3: well i appreciate it it's uh been really well received and it's sold pretty well and uh um you know it's just a fun book to read because it's uh, in factoid format so you, you know you got five minutes you can look at it and read it. you got a half hour you can read it uh because it's laid out the way it is if there's a specific era that you really like like 70s or 80s or whatever uh, you can go right to that and it breaks it down by who the personalities were not just the drivers but then of course the cars and the tracks and and all the records and the milestones. So it's really a history book, and it was a fun thing to write. And, um, you know, we're making history now, but, you know, we had a really good race at Dover last week, and, you know, um, everybody is obviously stoked here in Charlotte for the stuff that's going on here this weekend. So, um, you know, um, I uh, I somehow got greased into a uh, uh, a Hendrick uh, hospitality deal and the uh, Bruton Smith – uh, tower tomorrow night so nice full night so um life's good man it'll be fun to go out there
1: yeah find out find out why chase elliott uh in the final laps didn't stay up high when Kyle bush was coming up on him i didn't well, understand you know, that how about um, you
3: yeah i you know i i you know i spotted a lot of years but you know and, and part of your deal there is and i'm sure he was told you know um that kyle was coming on the top and you have to go out you have to go up there and try and take away his line, Mm -hmm. you know. um, Now, his car may have now run up there, and he didn't feel comfortable up there. You know, it's the fifth time he's finished second. And, um, you know, on on one hand, that sounds bad, you know, but, I mean, it's really good. His old man, Bill, if you remember correctly, finished second eight times before he finally won. That's right.
1: That's right, yeah. Him and then Harry Harry Gant, too, uh, had a history of second places before he won.
3: So, you know, I mean, he, he raced great, uh, you know, he put on a show at Dover and, you know, uh, last year, uh, you know, he, he qualified third for this race. And I think well, he led somewhere on over a hundred laps, you know, so he's, he's knocking on the door and once they find it, you know, he's going to be really good. Um, you know, it'll happen to him. It's going to happen to Blaney. It's going to happen to a couple guys, you know, and, uh, so, um, uh, um, maybe this weekend, cause sharp was notorious for first time winners. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where the brat, that's where Matt got his yep. in the spring race. So a lot, a lot of guys have won first time here. So should be a pretty fun weekend here.
2: Hey, John, did you see the article that came out? Uh, I want to say yesterday, uh, where Denny Hamlin said that, uh, NASCAR drivers should be paid like NFL or NBA players. And he goes on in the towards the end of the article to say, oh, I'm not talking about me, but I'm talking about the drivers in the rear of the field. They put their lives on the line week after week, and they should be better compensated. Uh, did you see that article, and what are your thoughts on that?
3: Well, you know, I did see that article. You know, that got pretty big play, and, uh, you know, it's interesting on multiple points. You know, um, on one hand, I completely agree with him, you know. Uh, unlike a lot of other stick and ball sports, you know you're probably not going out there and may you could die, but you know you might get an ACL or something, but you know the, the odds of of dying in a race car fortunately have gone down exponentially with the improvements in the cars and the, and the safety gear uh, right down to what the drivers wear. So um, you know I get that part of it you know from, from if you look at it from that, you know hey, we're putting our lives on line. we get a lot less money kind of makes sense um but it's a you know everything is a market you know what the market bears you know uh it's a laissez-faire situation you know uh, you you can't pay a nascar driver you know 20 million dollars like say for instance an aaron Rodgers would make you know because the teams don't make enough money to support that economic structure in a, you know, in a, in a perfect world. Yeah. I mean, it'd be great if everybody got a lot of money and to his credit, you know, Denny did acknowledge that he, he, he gets his, yeah. you know? oh, yeah he... so, so, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, guys, I go, I go back to a day where we pulled race cars around Wisconsin with a tow bar. Okay. And these guys are going around in their own private jets and, you know, million dollar motor coaches and stuff. So I think they're
2: doing pretty good. You know? <laughs> I would agree I with they're that. They're pretty good. Now, uh, you said you get paid what the market dictates, and and obviously that's true. Now, another story that broke this week was that NASCAR is working hard behind the scenes to try to find a ride for both Bubba Wallace and Danica Patrick. Now, do you think that, A, a this is happening, Do you think it sets a bad precedent for the sport for the governing body to sit there and single out a couple drivers to try to make sure that they have a ride and sponsorship for next year when there's, you know, former champions like Matt Kenseth uh, that still don't have a ride locked up? Kurt Busch, everybody expects him back in the 41, but that's not uh, signed, sealed and delivered. Do you think, uh, you know, what's what's your thoughts on that?
3: well you know obviously it's healthy for NASCAR to have a diversity uh position um you know and and you know I hate to I hate to put it in almost affirmative action kind of things but you know you know and, and to their credit let me say this you know danica draws a lot of eyeball to the sport even though she hasn't won and and Bubba you know I mean in the trucks and in the in the x cars, you know, he can wheel, you know, and, and it becomes then an opportunity, you know, what, what can you, what kind of ride can you get? I mean, that's Matt's problem. You know I mean? You know, Matt's a, a championship quality driver. He's, he's not a check racer. He's not going to take a 20th to twentieth fifth place, um you know, car every week to ride around and get a check. It's just, so, you know, given the political climate today and, and um, you know, to get back around to your question, given the co- political climate today and, you know, how everybody's pretty sensitive to different issues, I can see where, A, yes, you know, they would be working behind the scenes to do that. I don't know, you know, as far as setting a precedent, hell, you know, Bill France used to pay certain guys to show up all the time you know, back in the late 40s, 50s, 60s. So that's not a new concept, you know, to try and make sure that somebody's in the show, you know, now the reasons have changed, but, you know, Janet Guthrie debuted at this very race because of a problem at Indy. And so Bruton Smith was actually Humpy Wheeler was, you know, smart enough to bring her here. And, you know, she debuted here, you know, so you're everybody's always trying to look for angles and, you know, today, unfortunately, everybody tries to read more into it. Other than it's good business, you know, and and um, until we, until we can find somebody, till a woman comes along that wins regularly, like you see in drag racing, where it doesn't seem to be that big an issue because there's all kinds of women who win.
4: Yeah. And
3: you know, same thing with African Americans and and you know um, you know uh, Mexican Americans, you know who. Um, who race in those divisions and are champions doesn't seem to be any kind of an issue and hasn't been forever in NHRA, you know, but there are so few, you know, minorities and women that are in NASCAR that it, you know, it stands out and it's important for them to have that, you know, to have that public posture.
2: Yeah. I agree with you, especially with the diversity thing. I, you know, Bubba Wallace, he's, you know, he's paid his dues and uh, and he's shown that he has the talent uh, you know, for me, it's just a, a sticky slope because you know they didn't sit there and and have to do this for Kyle Larson. You know, who's you know multiracial and everything like that. Um, I can understand wanting to wanting to keep Danica in because, like you said, merchandise and eyeballs on the screen, uh, everything like that. It's just for me, it's it, it's just a, it's a little weird. I definitely understand it, but you know, I went on a record on this show three, four months ago, and said that I think Kyle Larson and Bubba Wallace should be the two future faces of the sport, and NASCAR should market the hell out of them.
3: Well, and, and, and they do. They do market the heck out of them. But, you know, the thing that I'd say is, you know, I wouldn't get too upset about anybody being in any ride because, let's face it, I mean, we, we, we uh, went into the, the, uh, the dark side a while back when it became, you know, who brings money to the table who gets the seat because, you know, it's like in the movie, the right stuff, no bucks, no Buck Rogers. And so, you know, look at the dynamic, you know, look at the guys that have retired. You you mentioned Matt this year, whether he will or not, that remains to be seen. But um, it would have to be one hell of an opportunity for him to continue because otherwise why would he? Um, But, you know, we've had all this turnover and we're getting, you know, we're getting replaced by young kids who have a lot of money behind them, you know, especially at, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old. These kids are, you know, flying into Charlotte on Tuesday night to run a legends car that came here in an 18 wheeler while the family's out in the motor coach, you know, and these, you know, these kids, you know, go, go and, and look at who the fathers are of some of the kids in the X-Men series right now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, he's the president of this or he invented this or he did this or he owns this airline, you know, and all of a sudden those, those guys got rides and guys who, who, you know, like are pretty good wheelmen, you know, and tried and true. They've, they've kind of got pushed aside because it's all about somebody who can bring money. And so that's now filtering into cup, you know, we where, where, you know, I, I'm not specifically saying anybody out, but you know, you got the kids like Eric Jones and a bunch of other kids who are coming through the ranks, the truck, truck series is full of them. You know, it's Johnny Sauter and Matt Crafton and a bunch of, you know, 17 year olds. <laughs>
1: that's yeah. That's pretty much it.
3: You know, I mean, so I'm, I'm not saying it. you know, I'm not saying it in a negative way. That's the way it is. You know, that's the dy- dynamics of the way the sport is built right now. It, it, it's kind of weird because, you know, you can't get, you can't pay somebody to have your kid play, you know, third base for the Cleveland Indians or, or you know, their farm team or, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's it's a little bit different, but but that's the way it is. Fortunately enough, you know, for guys like Denny Hamlin and Matt, they've made enough money on this deal. And and here's the other thing. I mean, the, the younger drivers, they'll drive for less, way less. You
1: well, know. yeah, that's, that's part of the issue with Kenseth is he's like that, uh, you know, that offensive lineman who's getting a little bit long in the tooth, and you have another offensive lineman who might be a le- you know, uh, lesser or, or even talent, but because of the contract situation, he's a little bit cheaper, and that team might go with the younger kid. And I think that's unfortunately the situation with, Kat- with uh, Ken Seth.
3: Well, financials are always a big part of everything, you know, um, regardless of what it is, but. But in, in, in Matt's case, I you know, I wouldn't be quick to, to paint that whole situation with the financial brush. You know, um, Matt, you know, has been successful beyond anything that he and I ever sat in the, his garage in Cambridge,
4: mm-hmm. Wisconsin,
3: and talked about, you know, 30 years ago. And, you know, I'm so happy for him, and, you know, he, he's got financial independence, and... But more importantly, and I think this is going to be the deciders. You know, he's got Katie and the kids. Yeah. And and I know him well enough to know that he's gonna he's at a position where he can say, "Hey, man, I can put that first. I don't have to take that ride to continue to pay for this or this or this or this." You know. So, um, you know, I'm happy for him that he has that kind of latitude. Uh, certainly, I just because. Um, he might not have a NASCAR ride on any level next year. It Doesn't mean that he's going to stop racing. You know, I mean, I'm sure he'll continue to have fun with it a little bit. Don't mm-hmm. walk away from it cold turkey. But, but again, that's that's all really, really speculative on my part. It's just kind of based on what I know about him, and, um, you know, he's just too much of a competitor to swallow that kind of stuff. You know, to ride around for a check, he he won't
1: do that and when we come back we'll talk more with john close on the great midwest bank hotline you're listening to the final inspection show brought to you by great lakes dragway and david Hobbs honda on the fan and welcome back to the final inspection show part two with john close of course author of 1001 nascar facts cars tracks milestones personalities and more i wanted uh i wanted to mention the passing of robert robert yates to you because i think uh you know, both of us, well, at least for me, I know for sure had a lot of respect for what he was able to do in the sport, you know, going back to the home and the mood, moody days. But when, you know, when you think of, uh, Robert Yates, you think of the 28 car and Davy Allison, how strong that team was and what the, uh, that, you know, bad year for me for 1993, I, you know, losing Kawicki and then losing Davy Allison in, in July, uh, it really, uh, you know, it's one of those what-ifs because I think uh, Kowicki and, and and Davey were the two guys I think they would have battled for the championship that year. And I just wanted yeah. to kind of get your uh, opinions or any, uh, what you remember uh, with uh, Robert Yates.
3: Well, you know, Robert is such an icon. Um, you know, he was Mr. Horsepower there for a long time in the Ford camp. And, you know, it's really great that, you know, Steve, you have great perspective. You know, you've been around this a long time, so you, you do remember the Holman Moody days. Man, he walked in there and offered to sweep the floors. Mm-hmm. And the guy wound up being one of their best engine builders. And, you know, he built stuff all along through the 70s and into the 80s, um, you know, for various guys. And, of course, you know, the, the 28 car is iconic when he wound up getting that and owning that. You know, uh, Davey was great in it. Ernie Irvin was really fast in it. And of course, then, you know, Jarrett won a championship uh, when it became the 99, you know. And and uh, Doug Yates today, his son, you know, is like the guru at Ford Horsepower. And um, so you know, there's a giant legacy there. He left a big imprint on the sport. Um, and the thing that I guess I'd say personally about him is that, you know, I, I really dug Robert. You know, I got along pretty good with him. I, You know, we were good enough friends to say hello and maybe, you know, have a quick chat once in a while. And he was just always really mild mannered, good guy, um, you know, never a crossword, always, you know, just really good person to be around. And, um, you know, he uh, he's old school, you know, he's mm-hmm. he's old school. And, and, you know, we're fortunate that we haven't seen a bunch of those guys check out, but, you know, that's, um, he's pretty young, you know, like what, 74. Right. So. Yeah, so, you know, when when you're pushing 65 like somebody I know, you know, 74
1: sounds <laughs> kind of like close. <laughs> I, re- I remember him walking into a press conference, there was a press conference, and he wasn't, he was part of it, but he wasn't one of the leading guys. Or They were making some announcement there about 10 years ago. And, and I remember he, he sat down right kind of kitty corner to me, and the only thing you could tell that if if you didn't know who he was but you're like hmm this guy is you know this this guy's there's something about this guy was the watch he was wearing because i think it was a rolex or something a really 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 nice watch and and i think he had a a championship ring one of his nascar rings on other than that you would know you know you wouldn't have guessed you know who this guy now his wife on the other hand was dressed very very nicely and was you know was wearing yeah, all no, the jewelry no. and everything, and but yeah, Robert was a a nice guy. You know, for I always tease Dale Earnhardt fans. You know, if those two unfortunate accidents would not have happened in '93, that I, I I truly don't believe he'd be a seven time champion because I think Davey was that that team was really, really. I mean, well, you can know,
3: throw Tim Richmond in there too. Well, you know?
1: that's true, yeah. But I mean, yeah, with you with can
3: throw with, him in there, and with, there's there's plenty of guys. Let me give you a quick, really good Robert Yates story that I just, you mentioned his wife, you know, and and Carolyn was such a sweet lady. Back in the day, I was really fortunate. I got to to write for, you know, NASCAR scene and and Winston Cup scene and NASCAR illustrated magazine, you know, Winston Cup scene, illustrated magazine. And um, we had a section in there, you know, everybody was building these mega houses. This was uh, probably middle 90s. They were building these mega houses up on the lake at Lake Norman. And, of course, you know, you know Robert and Carolyn, they had a really nice house. So we, we were doing like a feature a month, you know, this is so-and-so's house, this is so-and-so. We have a photographer go up there and just, I mean, these were mansions, man, they were turned out. So I had to go up there and interview Robert and Carolyn to do a story. It's, I'm, I'm thinking like this is uh, 96, 97, you know. So here we are, we're sitting in this unbelievable house, beautiful place. Just, you know, three of us. Yeah, well, it's got this this is, you know, it was told puff piece about had nothing to do with, you know, NASCAR. That's that's when, you know, people couldn't get enough information mm-hmm. about it, you know. You know. So, but yeah, that was uh, that was a fun time, you know. He was he was a really good guy. He'll be missed and I completely concur. I mean, you know, I, I I got nothing against Earnhardt winning seven championships. You know, I mean that's that's cool. He, you know, he beat the guys that are in front of him. You know, and uh, you know, but w- would the sport have been changed? I mean, if Kowicki had stuck around, or you know, um, obviously you know Davy's part of that, and and there's other guys. But then you can say you can say the same thing in the '60s about other guys. Well, what if Ned Jarrett didn't retire after he won a championship, or Fred Lorenzen, or junior johnson those guys all retired early you know
4: mm-hmm. but they
3: were they were they were afraid of dying um you know i think a lot of those guys retired right after the wreck here in charlotte when fireball roberts got killed there, and uh that that changed things for a lot of folks you know but um you know it, it you, you got changes and people come in and they win you know um i'm just really enjoying the heck out of it i mean the races are really pretty good Kyle's been putting a whooping on them somewhat, you know. Um, the, the Toyotas are really strong. I love it that Keselowski's whining about it, you know. <laughs> earlier in the year, when the Fords had the snort, man, they were those things were up off the corner like nobody's business. He wasn't complaining then, you know. He's Wait. always he's always good for a laugh.
2: Well, yeah, bringing it back to this weekend, John. I see they're putting down the PJ One traction compound. They're not using Heck the. Yeah. They're not using the tire dragon this time. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on on Sunday's race here?
3: Well, you know, um, again, I think you know you got all kinds of people that can win it. It's the usual suspects. Um, I'm looking for the 48 car to start rebounding here a bit. You know. Uh, after they won at Dover in June, they haven't done anything, and they're they're really good here. The 24 could win, but you know you could you could name a, a half dozen to a dozen guys that could win here, and then have somebody come out um, because again, Charlotte's pretty notorious for a first-time winners. 500 miles—it's a long ways here. Um, you know, um, we'll see how it goes. You know, it's the flip on the on the uh, championship now, you know, we're down to 12 and the points have kind of carried over. And I still don't really quite understand all of that. I wish they were all just even, okay, it's 12 up now. Let's go race again. Um, but, but we've got that, you know, and, uh, it'll, it'll be interesting, uh, to see how that all goes. Um, um, you know, TV ratings, we'll see it's up against NFL. Um, but hardcore race fans are going to watch it. I know I am. So, It'll be it'll be a good race. Weather's perfect here, guys. I mean, it's it couldn't be as any nicer this weekend here. Um, you know, low to mid eighties and sunny skies. So,
2: all right, sounds you know. good. We're, we're about to hit be a great. break here, but uh, who you got winning the race, John?
3: Uh you know what? I'm going to go out of a limb. And I'm going to say the 24 is going to get it finally.
2: I they're like that pick. Yeah,
3: it's, they're running too good, and I think it's their time. And it's Charlotte.
1: All right. Oh, we've been speaking to uh, John Close on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. And, uh, John, thank you for coming on the show. And make sure to pick up a copy of his 1001 NASCAR Facts, Cars, Tracks, Milestones, and Personalities, and Paperback, available on Amazon.com. And where else can they get the book?
3: Uh, you can get it right from the uh, publisher of CarTech Books, just CarTechBooks.com. And uh, it's in Barnes and & Noble and some other bookstores as well.
1: And of course, uh, now looking at the cover, there's a Napa 24 on there.
3: Isn't that something? How's that? I'll, I'll, I had nothing to do with the cover, <laughs> by the
1: way. Oh, you didn't.
3: Well, I, other than the suggestion of putting the cars from the different uh, eras right. coming to the line, and then I suggested which ones, but they they uh, chose uh, the the 24 for the newest one.
4: Okay.
1: I put
3: the Herb, I put the Daryl and the Richard and the Herb nap car in there, so. Well, I'm sorry, the
1: Marshall Teague. Marshall uh, Teague, Yeah. Yeah. All right. Wow. Very good. One of my favorite drivers because uh, we're, <clears throat> we kind of look similar. Some people have said, I don't yeah. know where they, I don't yeah. know where they get that from, but I, I guess whatever. John Close, thank you as always. And hopefully we'll chat with you before the end of the season.
3: See you fellas. Have a great weekend.
1: John Close joining us on the great Midwest bank hotline. When we come back you chat more racing on the final inspection show. And welcome back to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. Make sure you check them out this weekend at greatlakesdragway.com and of course our friends at David Hobbs Honda at DavidHobbsHonda.com. make sure to check out their latest new and used cars and of course the service department that is always open it seems like. Good service five star rating or whatever the highest stars they have for Honda if you have a Honda make sure you get down there but they work on all sorts of cars in their service department. Make sure you give the the guys down at david hobbs honda a call and joining me of course is jeff orlowski on the other side here i'm working the keyboards i wanted to mention you know we were talking to john close before and he was talking about promotion and whatnot and uh, one thing that um i'm sure you're not aware of this but uh, richard howard was the promoter at charlotte before uh humpy wheeler and those guys and and he he did a cool thing with Junie don levy the 90 car which ran for years and years but he, they would have a vote. They would go to different tracks, and you could vote in a driver. They nice. would, so uh, if they were running up in the Northeast, he'd put a bunch of Northeast drivers that were qualified, you know, that like would have a NASCAR or, or close enough license, pick like five guys, and then you, the fans would vote the driver into the car. That's awesome. Isn't that neat? That is neat. So if you had something, let's say if you had something for uh, um uh, let's see for Chicago. I'm trying to think now for Chicagoland Speedway. You know, you'd have some drivers. You you could maybe do, uh, um, you know, Parker Klegerman. You could do. Uh, I'm trying to think. Is uh, 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 Ty, you know, Ty Majeski. I'm sure he'd be. You know, somebody would be real. People would be interested. Now nah, throwing you know like Eric Darnell, a mm-hmm. Chicago guy or a few other people, you know, whoever, you know, just get a roster of five, six guys. Um, trying to think this off my top of my head, but there's a few others in the area, you know, and and you know, the, you could vote them in and they, they'd run Chicagoland.
2: That would now, be awesome. No,
1: that... I'm sure Ty Majewski would probably win uh, because, you know, he's, but I mean, that would be awesome seeing him in his first cup race at Chicagoland Speedway, you know, it, it just, it was a really cool deal. In fact, Ramos Stott, um, who is a driver I've gotten to know over the years through my buddy Superbird Doug, and, and he won one of those, and he raced down at Talladega and finished second. He That's almost awesome. won the thing. That's you know? awesome. And you'd have guys up you know, the Northeast, you, with the, when they would run like, uh, up in the Northeast, uh, like at Pocono or somewhere, you know, they'd get a lot of these modified drivers in the car and that, and, um, and it, was, it was really successful. I mean... If, if you want to do something like that, that would be really cool for NASCAR to do that.
2: Well, yeah, uh, that would be fantastic. It's just, you know, with the times being as different as they are now, with as much money as those yeah, cars cost, and, you know, how many races this season in the NASCAR season, I, I, I don't know, and I probably should have looked it up, but how many had a full 40-car field? Right. It's not that many.
1: Yeah, and th- that car was a pretty decent car. You know, it would depend on you know with the motor, of course. Motors are, are, are as important as they were then as it today. But then you could you know go out and buy a motor. You right. could go, okay, this is a really good you know. And I don't know if the guys who would win that could throw in some extra money and said, here's an extra five grand. Make sure it's a I you know, get a decent motor in there. And uh, but it was a, it was a decent car, the '90 car, Juni Don Levy. It wasn't an A car, but it was. And in those days, though, you know, you had basically had the five cars. You had Junior Johnson. You had your, you know, Bobby Allison. You had Kale Yarbrough, Pearson Petty, you know, won like 85% of the races back then. Right. So for a guy like Ramo almost went at Talladega or that, you could do that. Uh, somebody ran the thing, I want to say, at Richmond and did really, really well. I don't know if it was a, a modified driver like maynard Troyer, or somebody from the from the past but yeah it did really well it was and i just think it would probably be more feasible today in the xfinity series yeah especially like someplace up at elkhart lake where you could put a guy you know let's say like aaron tealitz you know wisconsin driver our drive our, our up-and-coming driver of the show from rice lake yep you know throw him in there you know in in an xfinity car And and see what he can do, or or just find out. There's so many different drivers, you know, that you could do from different from different areas, perhaps, you know, when it comes to a road course or something. And it it would be kind of neat. It would be a neat deal.
2: Yeah, we talked about this when we were down at the World Outlaws. Uh, how awesome it is that they've got, you know, the touring uh, group of drivers, and then they have the local guys that, Mm -hmm. you know, that get out there and run. Well, the Pennsylvania
1: Posse, I mean, when you run out in Pennsylvania, uh, the Outlaws, I mean, they got to fight for their wins there because Pennsylvania Posse runs at Williams Grove and all those tracks out there are so strong. You know, Pennsylvania has been a hotbed for 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 drivers for a long time then there's a lot of drivers that just run uh that can just that just want to run that that area they don't want to travel as much so there's five or six car you know five or six tracks that they can travel to there's a good circuit there where you can make a decent amount of money if you have a an owner that's that's pretty well funded and that wants to pay for it you know
2: yeah yeah i'd be sure it would be nice to have something like that around here
1: well it's it's pennsylvania and uh you know the opposite of that would have been uh, in the early '70s. There was a driver named Mitch Smith, and uh, when USAC, the guys that came out there, the the cars with no wings. I don't hate say non-wing, I hate that, but uh, <laughs> the the real sprint cars, uh, traditional sprint cars. Actually, I think that's what they should be called. Traditional sprint cars ran out there before the wings really took out. You wings know, wings were really really astru- like they are now. In like '70 70, '71, he went out. He won, he won races. And USAC guys couldn't believe it. They they kept wanting to run his car through tech because he thought they were he was running a big motor or something. No, he was just that strong of a of, of a driver, and they they couldn't believe it because at that time the USAC cars were were the best sprint cars uh, you know out there, and and you know these are guys that were running the Indy 500 and everything, and they could not believe you know guys like Gary Bettenhausen, and Larry Dixon and, and and people like Lee Kuzman and those guys were like who is this guy and he's just kicking our butt and not only did he did it once he did it twice you know
2: well that's part of the problem with as much of a focus as Arrow is on the current day nascar cars is that normal people can't afford to do it you know back when they were you know, look to stock and were just over stock. It didn't cost an arm, a leg and a liver to sit there and run your car in these races. And you miss some of this stuff. It would be great. There's tons of talented drivers locally here in Wisconsin that I think, you know, could put up if they had a, you know, a semi equal ride could Mm. put on a hell of a show at one of these races. But, uh, you know, it's just so tough. Money just rules the day now.
1: Yeah. Got a full slate of uh of a car of uh races this weekend in charlotte of course with the xfinity series too running with the cup series and that and and this was it was back in the old days when jace when jayski first started this was always the, the traditional weekend where everybody would would announce the race the, you know who's going where yeah because it was charlotte and it was a big press thing. there's always a lot of a big press down in in Charlotte, and it would, you know, here, driver A is now driving the number, you know, 74 ABC XYZ car, you know, or, or, you know, so-and-so is switching from Ford to Chevy or vice versa, and, you know, they'd have a big dog and pony show, and this was always a traditional weekend of that, and unfortunately, you don't really see that as much anymore.
2: Yeah, it leaks out all the time. You know, uh, I know the Team Hendrick came out with a bunch of stuff today. Uh, the, you know, a lot of it was just about uh, how their cars are going to look for the next year, uh, which I do have a uh, problem with, Steve. Uh-oh. Uh, well, if, I
1: like the one deal with the nine.
2: Okay, and I do too. What's wrong with that picture of the nine? And I know that Napa's the sponsor, but how how is the nine not red?
1: Oh, well, you can't. It's Napa.
2: It doesn't matter. Like, put Napa all red, over no. the hood and then have the red no. 9 on there. It just it oh, doesn't look way? right. It doesn't look right.
1: No, but they, they went with the old font, so I'll give them that. The, um, mm, I don't like, there's a little too much white on there, though.
2: Yeah, you know, it looks plain. I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's all right. I mean, I'll give them credit for trying you know, something a little different. You know, you're, They're trying something, you know, but, yeah, that's... Mm.
2: See, I give them a ton of credit. It was a fantastic idea to I have like the chi-
1: font. They went through it, the traditional, that, that number nine that when he ran with the Coors and even dating back to the Melling before it was Melling Pumps and then Coors came aboard, that traditional number nine. Yeah, uh, you know, it's the just... The nine with the little tail on the end that, you know, you know what I mean, it's... Yeah. It's a good looking nine. There, there's some, there's been some ugly nines in the past. Just like I don't like that Jamie McMurray number one with the straight up and down. It should be a little bit of an italic, yeah, one, you know, forward a little bit.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I love the idea of having Chase running his dad's old number uh, and all that, but I just, it, it's got to be red. It's got to be red. Which, I, like, you know, like I said, obviously with Napa, it's tough. But but the, it was
1: originally light blue.
2: Everybody remembers.
1: And you, you know why it was light blue. It's probably because that's the paint they had
2: laying around. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Probably. But everybody remembers Awesome Bill, you know. That's the- why
1: petty cars were that color. Yeah. They mixed two colors,
2: and they came up with that blue. That's how they got got that color. Hey, not bad. Not bad. Iconic. You know, one of the most iconic colors in NASCAR of all time. Well, I
1: know we're kind of doing this out of order, but uh, I guess we should do predictions. Of course, John Close chose uh chase elliott which i really like that pick i think he, uh, to be honest he kind of stole
2: it from me because that's my pick too not a chance i you know you want to lay down money on it i'll take that bet all day long uh i'm gonna uh, go with To win or to place above your pick either way i don't think Ch- i think i think chase is gonna be snake bit for a couple weeks now i i i don't see it i don't you see don't it. think
1: all his buddies have been texting him all week teasing the crap out of him
2: Probably I would be, uh, you know, but Chase doesn't return my calls or texts. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Jimmy Johnson. You know, John okay. mentioned him. It's about time that he so turns the season Chevy,
1: Not a Toyota.
2: Yeah, you know, I, it's it's too easy, you know, to to pick, you know, Truex or Larson or Bush. So give me Jimmy Johnson. I think he's going to, uh, you know, he used to dominate Charlotte, and uh, the th- funniest win
1: would be Casey Kane.
2: Well, <laughs> get
1: eliminated and then win the next race.
2: Yeah, Kane. Bush. And for those who
1: are keeping track, let's see who got eliminated. we got Casey Kane, Ryan Newman,
2: Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch. That was a little bit of a surprise, but in a way, you could see it. Yeah, you could see it coming. And uh, good old Austin Dillon. That's yeah, a shame. See ya. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, get a new yeah. hat, buddy. Yeah. So, you know, but the funny thing is now that, that round two is starting. You look. There is very little room for error on these guys. Obviously, right. you got Truex. He marches straight to. You know what? What?
1: What worries me though? If I'm Ricky Stenhouse, everybody's picking me for Talladega, and it's almost too much. If I'm Ricky Stenhouse, I'm like, shut up,
2: Just shut up.
1: Don't talk about my. Don't talk about me at Daytona or Talladega. Quiet. Just let me let me go about it. Just I don't want to hear you guys because. I bet you Vegas, there'll be so much. I think money on him. I, I bet you he'll be one of the top three or four favorites going into Talladega.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't, as he
1: should be. But I mean, it, it's almost like there's it. it, it kind of you know, when you go into a Super Bowl and you're a 14 point favorite, you don't want to be a 14 point favorite in in the in the Super Bowl because there's almost too much too Pressure. Much pressure.
2: Oh, I know, <clears throat> I know. You know, you've got the the funny thing is, you got Kevin Harvick who's sitting in sixth uh sixth place right now and obviously disappointing. Well, yeah, it yeah, is.
1: You would think you would think that the season was supposed to be in reverse. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to start off slow and then pick up momentum as everything with their, you know, the big switch to Ford and everything, but they started off with a bang and it's gone in reverse. I know.
2: But the thing is, is that, okay, after these next uh, next three races, you know, we'll be down to eight. Harvick, in sixth place, only has a seven-point lead over Ryan Blaney, who's in ninth place right now. So, and then, you know... You...
1: And he runs strong at Talladega, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, I would not... I would be equally surprised if either uh, Stenhouse or, or, or Blaney won.
2: Yeah, you know, it... Uh... We'll, we'll see how it goes, but, uh, you know, the the points are tight now. The only guarantee you basically have, you know, is Truex, and I, I would throw Kyle Busch in there, uh, you know, marching on to the next round, but there's going to be a lot of guys fighting and a no. lot of nervous nights for these guys. Now, tell
1: me that Wood Brothers' car isn't going to be bright yellow next year, is it?
2: I hope not. God, I
1: hope not either. Because <laughs> they're sponsoring... He's, th- he's sponsoring what I'm trying to remember now. Who is he sponsoring? Blaney, right?
2: Well, no, Blaney's moving to uh... the 12 car, right? But I
1: thought that's going to be part of a Menard sponsorship with that one. Yeah, yeah. So which you know just move them. I mean, it doesn't matter because it's all going in kind of like the same pot. Because that 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 is a that is a Penske car, that 21 car, basically now. Right it's it's more i would think it's, it's more penske than uh than the 78 as a Gibbs, right what do you think
2: i don't know now, i see Pensky uh, penske hasn't suspended any crew yeah, members <laughs> I mean,
1: it's real funny because everybody was like oh no no, 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 no the 78 car is <laughs> all separate <laughs> and <laughs> separate and then the next thing you know uh coach gibbs oh they were suspending everybody on the 78 car They're a bunch of jerks i you know. oh, can't believe they did that that's not the way we run things out, Gibbs. Uh, blah, blah, blah. All right, let's take a break. So we got uh, I'm Chase Elliott for myself and John Close, and you're going with? Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragoy in Union Grove, along with friends at David Hobbs Anda in Glendale and welcome back to the final inspection show brought to you of course by the legendary great lakes dragway in union grove yes they are still racing the weather's nice go on and check them out and of course david hobbs honda in glendale 6100 north green bay road also make sure to check them out at david hobbs and joining us on the great midwest bank hotline it is tony DeZino from nbc sports welcome to the show sir
0: hello Z-Man, and
1: hello again jeff what's up tony and, of course, uh, Tony, you're on the road down at Road Atlanta. What's going on there?
0: I am at the uh, the famous Road Atlanta. It's not quite as famous as Road America, in my view, and many others. But it is an excellent road course, nonetheless, for the Motul Petit Le Mans, the Weather WeatherTech Sports Car Championship Season Finale. So the series that ran at Elkhart Lake earlier this year is now having their last race of the season at a pretty classic road course.
1: Yeah, it's a nice bookend to the season. Uh, They start off, of course, in February or actually January, I guess, at Daytona, 24 hours at Daytona. And then you have this, the third longest race of the year, a 10-hour event. And uh, how does that time out during the day uh, this weekend?
0: It works pretty well, actually, and uh, you know, early in the week you have night practice, which gives guys a chance to sample what the night conditions are. On the Thursday, Uh, when you actually get to the race, it's uh, it's about an eleven or eleven ten start time that takes it to nine nine ten in the evening. So you go from a cool track at the start to kind of a hot track during the day to then cool again. So it mirrors Sebring the most, which is a twelve hour race. However, there's you know possibility of rain and. You never know what can happen in a deal like this, and oftentimes you have you have wins come down to the last lap, particularly in the GT classes. That's happened. Uh, that's happened a, a number of times over the last few years.
1: Yes, uh, certain uh, uh, controversial passes, I must add. Correct.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's there's been some some R.J. <laughs> as Calvin Fish, our good friend, would say. Um, last year there was a, a deal where an Audi got disqualified, and then. A Ferrari ran out of fuel a few years ago, and, and a Porsche went overall in, in 2015 in the rain. So th- there's been a, there's been some cool variables that, that kind of jumbled at the, the usual running order. And this weekend in particular is cool because we have some surprise guest entries or just some some welcome guest entries that, that add to the, the field's quality.
1: Yeah, of course. I think number one on that list, of course, is the T Penske. And that's quite the lineup they have. Uh, the three rather well-known drivers, especially to this show, uh, what, what's going on with Team Penske this weekend over there?
0: So Team Penske has, it's the worst-kept secret in racing basically all year was that they were going to do a sports car program, they were going to do it with Acura, and they were going to have move Juan Pablo Montoya and Elio Castroneves into sports cars. But it was only until this week that the third part of that deal has been confirmed that Castroneves is officially end of his IndyCar career it's unfortunate how it kind of ended, I think, without him getting a proper send off, but that's a topic for another day. Anywho, the two of them and Simon Pagino, who's the 2016 IndyCar champion, are in an Orica prototype, so not the actual Acura car that they'll run next year, but this is a, actually a rebuilt car that had an accident in testing and needed to get shipped back to France before it came back to the States. So this is them doing a one-off preparation race before they do a full-time sports car program next year. And they've been on the pace all weekend, as you'd expect. And, you know, it, it does feel a bit like an IndyCar weekend with Penske back, Ryan hunter reay in the field, Scott Dixon, Sebastian Bourdais, and Townsend Bell, our NBCSN analyst. There's a, there's a lot of cool stories here.
1: And uh, one thing I always – I am I'm, I'm sound like a, a broken record, but – why doesn't Marco and race sports cars? Uh... I could understand this weekend because he's probably <laughs> on his honeymoon still. But still, I mean, I I just think you you see Ryan hunter Ray, There's a lot of guys, and I'm one of these people that think you know. And now he's not even a young driver anymore. He's he's pushing thirty. And, but you know, these guys, I I always thought the the Indycar schedule isn't as long as it, it could be or should be and guys you know especially younger guys need laps of any type I don't yep. care what it is and and I just think and Andretti and IMSA would be would be a nice little uh caveat for them to have.
3: Yep,
0: um the team itself has always been kind of off and on, they had a they had their own factory Acura program a few years ago. And, and to his credit, Marco he actually used to, to race sports cars two or three times a year. You know, he did Sebring. He's done Wilma once. I think he's done Daytona once or twice. Certainly, once it was a last minute call in deal. But you're right uh, in that there's really a desire for guys to get seat time and really extrapolate the kind of cars they can do. The the versatility is what makes you a good driver in a lot of cases. In Pagano's case, he was in sports cars the whole time, and then he came back to IndyCar, and he was probably a better driver when he came back. And you know, Marcos never really pushed himself to that next level uh, when the opportunity presents itself.
1: Yeah, this you know, looking down uh, the entry list and, and and the drivers. I mean, this is a stacked uh, a stacked field here with a uh, like former F1 drivers like Nick Heidfeld. You have former IndyCar winning drivers like uh, Mike Conway. Uh, you have Dane Cameron, who will be with Team Penske next year. Um, Christian Fittipaldi. Of course, Scott Sharp. Brendan Hartley, who should be most likely will be in the ten number 10 Ganassi car. Of course, you got the Taylors, and that's who uh, what you mentioned with the Ryan hunter Ray is with. So, I mean, some really nice—even Buddy Rice— uh yeah you know and it's it it it's a stacked field ryan briscoe of course dixon uh you know i mean this is a nice nice field Catherine Leg, who was on the show earlier this year colin brown uh brown who's been on the show before he's he's on here madison snow i mean yeah Lawson laushan who's been on the show tristan valtier wow uh, and uh this is a nice one here you got austin sindrick Scott Pruitt and Jack Hawksworth. You got some an old guy and a couple of young guys. So it's... I think
0: I think the two of them combined equal don't even equal forty yet, and or they, they're maybe just just past it. And Scott's probably got him by ten years on that car. Yeah, that that's that's a that's really the cool part about sports car racing is the variety of, of drivers of cars and of classes. Which you know, to the casual fan is complicated, but to the hardcore sports car fan, that's why they love it because I think you're hard. i think you're a hardcore sports car fan if you love the in-depth type of stuff because you really have to study up on it and even if you cover it you really have to study up on it too i mean you know it's not my primary series i I primarily focus on indycar and and nf1 but i love getting out to the sports car weekends when i can just for that variety because it's a a slice of life you don't get on the open wheel weekends.
1: yeah it certainly is and um i mean when the guys are out there where where do where does everybody go uh, R- road atlanta weekend where's the hot spot to go to
0: um it's an interesting place there's the, because of the nature of the schedule you're not really able to go out very much you have night practice on thursday the race runs till nine ten o'clock on on, on uh, saturday night you have a couple banquets year-end deal um Chateau Alon's probably the, the marquee venue of the area. Don Panos was the grand marshal this year for the 20th anniversary for what he's done to the sport has been, been incredible and his winery and they've got a nice Irish pub off the side of it. Uh, the hotel, that's kind of the, I guess the hallmark of Brasselton as you were, uh, for, for this area. Um, it's a, it's a nice thing and it's kind of an, an ode to, to what he was able to build up for the
4: region.
1: Uh, other news is the news this week was the, uh, the Sun Energy uh, Racing Team with uh, Kenny O'Bull, who I think has the sharpest looking cars in the series. He dabbles in NASCAR too a bit, and they're they're moving up to the Prototype Series, aren't they?
0: I think they're looking at it. Whether they actually move next year is a, a question of discussion. Yeah. They they, in, they are in the series for the long term. Um, I actually had a long chat with Tristan about that earlier this year. You know, he was kind of in this you know, this new post-IndyCar world, and he's kind of carved out a good career for himself with, you know, moving to where Kenny Hobble's shop is based in Charlotte. Uh, They've run a Mercedes this year in the GT Daytona class. I think they'll probably keep with that car next year just because I think think the odds, frankly, I think the odds of winning are better. You know, you're going to have a smaller GT grid versus the prototype field, which is is looking to be stacked
4: uh, Mm -hmm.
0: at least 12, probably 15 to 18 cars deep, you know, and, and I think that. I can understand the desire of teams to get into prototype, but you got to get the car, get the support, have the right left level. And if you're a pro am team, it makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, basically, rather than having a two pro lineup, a pro am team is where a guy such as Kenny Hubble, who does business full time and then races uh, to be competitive.
1: Is, would they, uh, you know, not to be, <laughs> how can I say this nicely? But if he does make that jump, is he going to make the prototype drivers a little nervous? Because Kenny's uh, known to uh, kind of get himself into trouble. Isn't he on the track?
0: Uh, he had an issue this year that wasn't entirely his fault. They had a brake issue actually at, De- at Detroit that crashed them into a prototype, which took a car out through and threw no fault of the prototype driver's own. That there will It is an interesting point, and, and one of the things that happened at the 24 Hours of Le Mans this year is the new LMP2 cars, which are the sort of meant to be slower, second prototype class, were actually faster in a straight line than the top prototype cars, the Porsche and the Toyota. So you had a, a, a kind of awkward dynamic where you had drivers that didn't necessarily have the skill level of their machinery in cars that are super fast, and quite how you balance that is in is, is in a challenge for the, the, the series organizers. So for any pro am driver, regardless of their ability level, they need to make sure they have enough training to enter into the environment. I think it's the most <laughs> diplomatic way of saying that, if a bit long-winded.
1: And uh, let's move over to IndyCar. And, of course, the big news this week is uh, Tony Kanan in the 14 car. And uh, I, I. it should be interesting. This is going to be – I, I think, especially for most fans, and we we mentioned it last week, uh, it, the whole season depends on what this car does at in Indianapolis, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think they were both pretty obvious in their in their com- in their comments, both in the in the formal press conference and then the teleconference later. That you know, Indy, Indy's the focus. And I think with the arrow kits being the same for both manufacturers next year, that plays that helped Chevrolet because Chevrolet has not had the horsepower advantage and they've also had the, the the more ineffective kit at super speedways compared to the Honda one. So they're back on a level playing field. He's got Eric Cowden with him, this technical director and longtime engineer has moved over there as well. So that's an effort that is going to be the undisputed fan favorite of the month because you've got a guy that's the indie fan favorite driving the fourteen car. Uh quite whatever else happens on the rest of the schedule is almost irrelevant it would be a bonus if it's better and it needs to be better for both driver and team because you rarely see a Foyt guy finish higher than 15th in the point but if they can do well at indy that should bode well for them the rest of the year
1: and the other one is uh gotta give credit for michael andretti because he said uh he would do this and and they they announced that uh this week the stefan wilson uh situation which uh it's, it's kind of a neat situation considering what happened last year. Maybe you could remind some of the fans and how that worked out with Fernando Alonso.
3: Yep. So Stefan
0: Wilson is of course the uh, brother of younger brother, taller brother of the late Justin Wilson, really good dude down to earth. Um, he was working on an Andretti autosport entry for the 2017 Indy 500. However, given a short number of engine leases, there was only 18 available. He was designated to have one of those cars, but then Fernando Alonso McLaren came calling and said, hey, we want to do the Indy 500. And IndyCar basically told, and Michael Andretti basically told Steph, and it's like, well, we want to have you, but we also can get Fernando Alonso in. So can you give up your seat to uh, help him? And Steph being gracious, and I'm sure he's I'm sure he's put on a brave face about it, you know, did that. So the the, the makeup being that he was always going to be promised, if not outright guaranteed, a twenty eighteen spot. And so that's been taken care of this week. Um, really you know it's it's an excellent opportunity for him. This is a team that's won three of the last four Indy five hundreds and for Steph it's his, you know, undoubted best opportunity because he had kind of a very late program in 2016 with KV racing. Didn't have the easiest car to hang on to. And his only other start team, gosh, four or five years ago at Baltimore with Dale Coyne. So uh, great opportunity for him. Good on Michael for doing it. Michael also launched a supercar team this week because he doesn't have his hands in enough series or enough continents. Uh, that that was an interesting thing to, to wake up to this morning
1: as well. Real quickly before we uh, sign off here on this uh segment uh Max Verstappen uh winning in uh in Malaysia Uh, the pass was if you weren't I mean uh, it was uh, you're 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 watching it it's like hey there's a pass for the lead it was like boom he made that pass and he was he was past Hamilton What, what, what what's your opinion of the race last weekend
0: that yeah, was great. I mean, for for me being at, up at one thirty-two in the morning, whenever it was, uh, made it worth it. Um, it was nice to see Max Verstappen actually have a race go right, where either his car didn't fail him, or he got in the wrong place at the wrong time, or there was some sort of you know contact that just put him out. So he's a talented driver. He's um You know, he still has to work on his racecraft a little bit, in my opinion, but. Um, what he did Sunday at the Malaysian Grand Prix was was excellent, and I think I think well deserved. I mean that team has been a bit snake bit this year. Um, Ricardo's made some podiums. Max had only been on the podium once, but it was nice to see him actually win something where you knew the competition was there. Although I would have loved to have seen what have happened if Kimi Raikkonen didn't have uh, engine issues at the start of the race and couldn't even start. And I, I know that was awful didn't even qualify because of, of that too. So,
1: Yeah, that was uh, – I was really bummed out about that because it would have been kind of interesting to see because I think the three of them could have mixed it up really nicely. Well, Tony, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show. Make sure you check out NBCSports.com, uh, drop-down menu at the motor section. Tony's uh, out in Road Atlanta this weekend posting a lot of good stuff and, of course, all the news that we just spoke about in IndyCar and more. Make sure you check it out. Tony, have fun this weekend, and we certainly appreciate you coming on the show. Cool. Thank you all right tony DeZino from nbcsports.com make sure to check his stuff out we appreciate him joining us on the great midwest bank hotline and when we come back we'll talk more racing on the final inspection show on the fan welcome back to the final inspection show doing a little cleanup we got the little dust brooms out and just clean up the show here a little bit like to thank everybody who's been on the show of course john close in the first hour talking nascar with him and uh, a lot of fun chatting with him because uh, Dennis Michelson was uh, uh, unable to be on the show. He's working very hard. And as is Laurie Monroe, who is doing some farming stuff up in Canada. And it's, of course, as, we, as I mentioned, you know, it's getting close. It's, it's more closer to winter than here. So <laughs> you're going up against the deadline of, of winter up there. But we always appreciate their contributions to the show. But it was good hearing from John. Uh, from Charlotte, who's down there, of course, his book "A Thousand and One NASCAR Facts," and uh, we'll actually we should dive into that book a little bit, like we did uh, with the Indy 500, but uh, earlier this year, we'll try and trip me up on some NASCAR stuff.
2: Oh, bring it! I can't trip you <laughs> up on indycar so I'm willing to take a All shot. Right.
1: We'll nope. work on that uh, maybe in the next show, and then of course, Tony Dizino is down at Road Atlanta. Appreciate him coming on the show, talking uh, the latest with the uh, Petit Le Mans, which is a 10-hour race down at Road Atlanta, the closing race of the IMSA Sports Car Series, and, of course, the latest in IndyCar with the big story this week of Tony Kanaan joining AJ Foyt Racing in the 14 car. And uh, a lot of fun. Of course, J- Jeff Orlowski, always enjoy working with you. It's always a lot yeah, of fun.
2: Been a weird show, Steve. Uh, the first segment started out, you gave me the best compliment you've ever given me. You, you called me a knucklehead. Uh, <laughs> and now, you know, the cleanup segment, now you have me wearing an apron. So yeah. I'm all over the place. I Oldies. was you do
1: have the legs for it, so
2: <laughs> appreciate that. And of course, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Great
1: Lakes Dragway in Union, Union Grove, Wisconsin, and David Hobbs Honda. And uh, make sure you check us out on Facebook, TFI, the Final Inspection Show on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at the Old Twelve Fifty SFI for Sparky's Final Inspection. It's one of those things once you have a Twitter name, you can't change it. You can change the heading but not the name or whatever.
2: Yeah, I know. I know. So, I want to change mine to the Polish Pipe Bomb, but the uh, Polish Pipe Bomb, <laughs> yes.
1: And of course, yes, uh, uh Jeff Rolowski. and how do you spell that?
2: O R L O S K I.
1: And of course, and I'm at Steve Zotke on Twitter, Z-A-U-T-K-E. We always tweet. I tweet a whole bunch of stuff, not only racing, but I do some uh 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 football, a lot of football stuff. Throwback stuff. Imagine that.
2: No, not Ma- you.
1: Yeah, imagine that. It's
2: like well, I'm hanging out with a walking encyclopedia. Anything. So, it's great. You're like you're like the the human internet when it comes to human uh, internet racing knowledge and football knowledge. Mm-hmm. I love it.
1: So uh, good show. Appreciate it. We're gonna, uh, of course, we have some prior commitments, but we have a half hour of the show still left. So we are going to be running some NASCAR content some good press re- uh, press conferences and whatnot. Thanks to our friends in Daytona, Beach and NASCAR with the Charlotte race, the Bank of America 500. Uh, it one of the better races of the year, and we hope it is. So we'll talk to you next week on the Final Inspection Show.
5: We're going to continue today's media availabilities. We're now joined by Car- Kyle Larson, the driver of the number 42 Target Chevrolet kyle as we kick off the round of 12 how does charlotte and the next two tracks set you up for advancing into the next round
6: uh yeah it's um it was nice to make it uh easily into this next round and um you know the tracks in this round suit me fairly decent i guess um charlotte i seem to be hit or miss um know, i I feel like the whenever we end up running a, a day show at charlotte i'm really good but the night races for some reason i struggle at so Hopefully the weather stays away and we can race while the sun's out, and then um, you know have a solid race and, and go to Talladega and, and not have to do anything crazy to to, to gain a bunch of points, but um, go there and kind of relax will be nice. And then uh, Kansas is a is one of my better tracks, so excited to get there. Uh, Seemed to always run better the second Kansas also, so uh, looking forward to that. But um, just gotta continue what we've been doing. You know making no mistakes. You know top fives and top tens will be great. Um, so that's our goal.
5: Okay, we're gonna open the floor for questions. We're gonna go to Kenny, and then we'll go to Zach, and then Bob. Kenny Bruce
7: with NASCAR.com. Colin, how do you feel you were, your team was, competitively coming
8: out of that first round?
6: I felt good. Um, uh, shoot, where was it? Chicago. We were Chicago. I thought we were probably a fourth, fourth place car. I think we finished fifth. Uh, Loudon. I thought we were probably about a fourth place car and finished second. And then Dover, actually, last week, I thought I had the best car, but um, you know, I won the second stage, and then uh, under caution, I couldn't get my engine refire, so I went from first to fifth on, on just under yellow, and that kind of killed my shot to win. Uh, where I felt like if I would have restarted the leader, um, you know, I could have held on to the lead and and um, you know maybe won. You, you don't know, but I felt like I would have ran at least first to third, um, but instead we finished fifth. So I thought we were, I thought we were competitive enough to, to win the championship. So uh, we just got to continue that.
0: Zach, it's very French touch over here. Um, obviously, this is the last playoff race here at Charlotte on the Oval. Uh, we're going to the Oval for next year. So are there any concerns for you? You know, Do you see it as a benefit for the Speedway? And, and as I said, do you have any concerns on the move? We've seen some changes already on the front stretch. So you know, what are your thoughts on how it's progressing
4: so far?
6: I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't really know what to expect. I don't know if it's going to be a good race, a bad race, a embarrassing race, or what. But it's going to be exciting nonetheless. So um, I think I think the fans will enjoy it. Uh, I don't know how the drivers will feel about it until we actually get to make some laps and compete. But um, you know, Charlotte and, and NASCAR are trying to, to make things uh, more exciting around here, and and um, yeah, that's one way to do it. So. Um, I don't know what to expect, though. It will be interesting uh, when they get to test, test it, I think, in a, in a handful of weeks. Uh, it would be cool to see.
5: Okay, we're going to go to Bob and then Reed. Uh,
8: Bob Popper, CSPN.
0: In of what, what happened at Las Vegas? Do you have any concerns about doing the victory lap there in December?
6: Uh, no, I mean, I never – I hadn't thought about that. Um, I know NASCAR has uh, an awesome, you know, security team. so. Um, I, wouldn't, I would not ever really be, be nervous and, and all that. I mean, I don't know, you, any of those people that were going there, you know, probably don't expect anything like that to happen. So I, I don't think I would ever expect it to happen. But, you know, as, as we've seen time and time again, it seems like lately anything can happen at, at big events. So I don't know, but uh, I wouldn't be, I guess right now I'm, I wouldn't be too worried about it because, um, like I said, NASCAR is a great team of, of security.
2: Spencer with NASCAR Wire Service. Uh, Kyle, with Talladega being the middle race in this round, um, does the fact that you've got a substantial number of playoff points in the bank uh, give you some latitude there in terms of strategy? Uh, will it affect the way you approach that race?
6: Well, I think it kind of depends on how this weekend goes. Um, if we have a solid week where we gain a you know, good amount of stage points and finish you know, good in the race, um, where we can gain points on, on ninth place, um i think you could approach it differently and be more cautious but if we have a, a have something go wrong here and and we're close i think you have to race it so um where those guys that are already you know further down points to me you know they're probably going to have to race no matter what but um so yeah i just hope we can get through this so and smooth and gain a lot of points so cuz i, I I don't like Talladega, I, I, and uh, especially in the playoffs, it's nerve, nerve-wracking. So I hope we can just capitalize on this weekend and, and have an easier weekend on ourselves next week.
9: Dustin Long, NBC Sports, Kyle. What do you have to do to, to further
0: to further compete against the Toyotas? What do you need to build upon to if you are in one of the Final Four at, at Homestead, that it gives you even a better chance for as good as
9: you are at that track?
6: I don't know. I feel like. Um, it's been, uh, I, I don't know, I feel like we've been really good. I feel like I'm even better now in the playoffs than we were in the regular season compared to them, so far anyways. So I feel like we've closed the gap a little bit, but other teams have closed it even more. You know, I think Hendrick's done a really good job so far. Uh, the, the two the two teams been been strong. So um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like the 42 team has been the really for most of the season, the only one to compete with the 78 and the 18. So um, we'll just continue to work hard and and see if we can find small gains or or big gains to to get even better.
5: Okay, we're going to go to Daniel and then Jenna. Daniel with NBC Sports. How are you and your team approaching today's practice session and tomorrow's
8: given the threat of rain on Sunday? And what are you going to be doing in those practice sessions, given not knowing what kind of conditions you're going to be racing in whenever the green flag eventually drops?
6: Well, it's a pavement track, so I feel like the conditions are always fairly the same uh, every time we come around. So I don't think I haven't talked to them yet. We had we had like our practice plan uh, that we met about uh, on Wednesday, and um, it's basically the same as, as every week, you know, starting race trim, swap swapped qualifying trim, things like that. So um, I don't I don't think it'll change a whole lot. Um, I know a lot of you know people talk about oh when it rains it washes all the rubber away. Well. I mean, rubber gets laid down super fast, anyway. So go to me. All the conditions. Anytime we get rain or any any sort of weather, it goes back to the normal really quickly. I think I think what could change is is you know if we race a day or night. Um, that's where Charlotte seems to be the most uh, sensitive track for for you know the sun. So um, that'll be interesting. But uh, I feel like I ran more night races here than day. So we've got probably a good notebook uh, if we end up racing at night. AP. Kyle, do you, do you think that you had to learn how to win um, at the cup level? Like you had to learn something that got you that final distance to victory lane? Well, yeah, I guess. Um, you know, I, I put myself in a lot of positions to win um, throughout the first, you know, two and a half years of, of my NASCAR career, and I seemed to, to kind of choke, I guess, late in the races. So, but but each of those losses I had, I Became, you know, I learned something from each of them. I, I became more calm at each of them. Um, so I think, know now this year with having even better race cars and stuff, uh, and putting myself in position even more, um, seems like you know, half the season I felt like we've had a shot to, to win. Um, yeah, I've I've gotten smarter and more calm and stuff like that. Um, just controlling your emotions and thoughts, I guess. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I've I've gotten better at. Winning or whatever, you know, learning how to win. Uh, but our race cars, I think, are, are the biggest factor in all that. I feel like Chase is. Um, I feel like I don't know. He's probably ran second as many times as I did uh, before the first win, and, and been close just as often as I have. Maybe even in some cases more often. Um, but I don't know. He's, he seems extremely mature, so I'm sure he's dealing with it fine. He seems. Seems so far this year he's dealt with you know all the close finishes way better than he had you know last year. So um, I think I think that's a case of of him learning from each of those losses and you know just becoming you know more calm and mature. But um, he'll win and he's going to win when he wins one. He's going to win a lot. You know similar kind of what I did this year.
5: Hey, do we have any other questions for Kyle? Okay. Chris. ChrisKnightCatchments.com.
1: Uh, Kyle, I just at the press release this morning and I was wondering about tomorrow's um, meeting with Atsu- Atsuka? How you pronounce Atsuka? That? Atsuka. Okay yeah and the, the idea of working to raise awareness about mental health.
6: Yeah yeah that's um so yeah that's this is our first week in having them on the the quarter panel there and um they're on Bowman's expanded car as well as my cup car and um yeah I mean I hope I hope we can uh grow and build on that relationship it's always and exciting when you can bring a new partner in and be a part of your team and, and organization. So um, I hope we can you know do what we can to, to help raise awareness for mental health you know, like they want us to and, and can build on that in the future and, and have them be a part of our team for a long time.
5: Any other questions? Hey, okay, thank you for coming in, Kyle, and good luck this weekend.
7: Okay, we will uh, continue our media availability right now with uh, four drivers from the NASCAR Xfinity Series all of whom are in the playoffs coming into tomorrow's cutoff race uh, for the round of 12. First off, we have uh, driver of the number five, TMC Chevrolet, Michael Annette. Uh, driver of number 62, South Point Hotel and Casino Chevrolet, Brennan Gaughan. The number 20, driver of the number 21, Anderson's Maple Syrup Chevrolet, Daniel Hemrick. And finally, last but not least, the driver of number 16, Lily Diabetes Ford. Ryan Reed uh, gentlemen I guess the obvious question is sort of the mindset you're all in different spots uh, coming into this cutoff race how you feel about your chances uh, of advancing tomorrow at here at Charlotte Let's start with you Daniel if you don't mind
9: maybe Well, I, I feel okay um, you know obviously in this current format you can never feel great I don't feel like but you just got to go you know go to work you got to put yourself in good positions and that's what we have to do this weekend just make sure we try to do what we've done to get this point, and that's minimize mistakes. Um, I feel good in the race team, everything we have going for us, um, and it's always good to be at home. So uh, happy to have a cutoff race here in my home track. Uh, it was nice not have to pack a suitcase last night or this morning, and uh, happy to be here.
4: Great, Michael.
9: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think uh, the easiest thing we all, you know, we all can sit up here. We know exactly the easiest way to get get a lot of points is, you know, qualify well uh, tomorrow morning and. And uh, you know, just stay up there. I mean, it's. I think uh, you know, I'm seven points out, and I can finish second in that first segment, and, and uh, be be right. You know, be inside the bubble. So, it's uh, it's pretty simple on uh, on what we need to do.
7: Great. And then Ryan, before I before you start, it's kind of interesting that you guys are sitting next to each other. You're only two points difference in the standings. Talk about that.
8: Yeah, I think uh, this is. I mean, as far as what what you would expect, or what you'd want out of a playoff format, this is uh, this is it. I mean, this is as tight as it can get, and there's every uh, the entire season on the line, coming down to one race, and uh, makes for a lot of exciting and and uh, a lot of drama. I'd I rather not be the one that's in this position. I'd rather be kind of watching from afar or be 30 points to the good, but that's not not the case. So uh, we just got to go out there, do a really good job all weekend, execute. Um, it starts you know here in a couple hours of the practice and. Uh, you know if you have a strong weekend i mean that's you know you, you've had you know a lot of races to get here um and a lot of races to figure out where your program's at and so i feel like our mile and a half stuff's really strong uh, and i'm glad to cut off races here because i feel like we uh, have an opportunity to have a strong race car and like michael said it's going to be uh, not just about where you end up and not having a strong not just a strong finish anymore it's not like man you know we can we can just have a safe day and then end up with a top 10 finish and be okay you got to go out there, and these guys are going to obviously uh, bring out 110%, and they're going to be tough to beat. And uh, So I think that you're going to have to get some stage points, and I think that you're going to have to be up front all day long in order to uh, transfer with as tight as this uh, this bubble spot is.
7: Brendan?
10: Uh, this is what you wanted out of a playoff situation. This is why they built it. That's, that's a great great statement for it. It's, you know, this is what they wanted, they got it, and it's, it's working really well. You look at uh, the cup race last week. You know, the the playoff situation has worked great for NASCAR. Um, It works great in this case, and and for us with the South Point Chevy, it's kind of what we've been doing the last bunch of races, even before the chase. You know, we just have to manage. We have to know what we're racing, who we're racing, manage what you have. If they go for stage points, we better go for stage points. But if we unload bad, if we, you know, this is not the time to, to come off the trailer and not be the best you can, you better be good from the start. But then you also have to pay attention to what they're doing. You know, if they go for stage points, you go for stage points. You can't just give that away and, and in the end it's going to be a hell of a battle because I mean we're only talking two positions and and you know, six positions, seven positions between the three of us. So that's nothing. I mean, that's you finish third place, it doesn't mean that you're going to be in. You know, that, that's that's pretty awesome. So I, I think this is a, a great scenario for NASCAR.
7: Cool. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll open up the questions. We'll start over here with Lee up front and then with Daniel.
10: I think we're going to have a press conference tomorrow that I'm going to be at that we can talk a bunch about that if you want. Sure. I mean, this one's more about the playoffs and, and what's happening right here. I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not afraid to talk about it, Lee, you know that. But this one is more about the playoff situation right now than, than tomorrow we're going to have another one with, I believe, Spencer and, and a couple others of us that okay. are going to be doing
2: something. Then, Daniel, can you talk about the kind of confidence you get signing a new contract, taking that knowledge into the playoffs, knowing you don't have to worry about what you're doing next year?
9: Yeah, absolutely. It's obviously a very humbling situation to be a part of. I'm very thankful and blessed uh, it, to, to know that I get to move forward through this weekend with family and friends here at the racetrack in my hometown, uh, and to know we get to do it on the way to uh, have something going on next year and I, and I have an opportunity to race. So um, just so pumped up to be a part of Chillis Racing. I feel like um, right now is obviously to the sport. Everybody knows we're in a, we're kind of a rebuilding mode, and I think we've done that all year on the Xfinity side. I know the Cup side is doing the same thing, and... Um, I look forward to being able to stay with the progression of where the company is going. Um, Anytime you can be a part of that, uh, it's a very trying time because you can get down. But um, I think Richard Childress is a great leader. We have a bunch of great leaders, a lot of depth in our company that's allowing us to take these strides, take them together, good or bad, and to know I get to continue to do that in the future is a very exciting thing.
0: this is the final playoff race here at Charlotte on the oval. They're uh, switching to the, switch the Roval for next year. All of you have had some pretty solid numbers on road courses the last couple of years, Brendan. You've won before, so when you look at the changes for the speedway, that's co- excuse me, that's coming. You know, what, what do you what do you think the sport needs? You know, do, the, do you believe that it's a good move, and do you see any concerns? You know, when it comes to this change.
10: I love road courses. I just hate the name Roval. I think that's an awful name. Um, but I I love my road race, and we all know that. And we've been running. Speedway road courses for years. You know, I mean, hell, Daytona's been doing it for, how long have they run the 24, 55 years or something now? So, I mean, it's nothing new. Um, I'm fortunate that I've been to, you know, run that a, a few times. And fortunate enough, and I, I love road racing. And it's, it's what an opportunity to come to NASCAR's home and, and come to a place that is, uh, you know, in the, in the playoffs now with the road course. Fans have been asking for that, you know, for years, to have one more, the, the last style of racing that we have is road racing. So to put it in the in the chase in the playoffs, sorry, is, is awesome, and uh, to do it here at Charlotte with the ability to do that road course oval is cool. I've seen they've done a little bit of changes here and there, and uh, can't wait to see how it plays out.
7: Anyone else on the road course? Okay, we'll go to Daniel, Jacob, and then Chris.
8: Uh, Daniel Fadden with NBC Sports. Daniel, how how much is your team kind of thrown for a loop with the suspensions this week, and how how much is that going to hurt you at all this weekend, but just going into the all three races of the next round.
9: Yeah, I don't think it's going to hurt us at all. I mean, obviously, we accepted what happened. We know as a company it's unacceptable, and and we're not very proud of how it all went down on our end. But I feel like I talked about the depth of the company earlier, and and how we can answer those calls, that that depends on us. So um, I feel solid with with the group of guys we have to move forward with. Uh, I know uh, Danny Stockman and my engineer back at the shop are still very, very heavily involved. with what's going to happen at the racetrack, throughout the race weekends, and and know that uh, those guys have been a huge, um, a huge part of what's got me to the situation we're in. So um, I know as a whole, RCR is rallying around myself, Brendan Gone here in the Xfinity Series to make sure that we have the best possible shot to run for a championship. And um, we're going to take what was given to us throughout the week with stride. And I uh, feel like it's not going to affect us in any form of a negative way going forward. I'm confident what we have, what we can do together, and we're going to keep doing that.
7: Jacob and Chris. Jacob's
6: the only motorsports network uh, one for daniel and then one for ryan daniel uh coming back for for year two next year i was obviously big for you but can you talk a little bit about about the growth you've seen out of the 21 team this year and just kind of the progression that you guys have made
9: yeah absolutely um obviously the growth has been pretty substantial but also i don't want to get lost in the fact that you know we started out the year running strong we had some really good finishes Heck, we. Won a Dash for Cash race, or or won the Dash for Cash deal at Bristol with, uh, I think, a fourth or fifth place finish, and that was early in the year. So Yeah, you still owe me money, by the way. Do I?
4: Yeah.
9: I think I gave back to you at the casino. (laughs) 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 Um, No, but so, in in all honesty, like, we we showed what we were capable of early in the year, but we also showed the times where we got down and we didn't rebound like we needed to. I think the growth part of it comes into where we've unloaded closer, we've practiced, qualified. Further up the board and we've taken that into the race and had better race cars and that's where we've shown growth it's eliminate some of the variables knowing a better baseline and uh, as a group that's something to be excited about as we get to this part of the year.
6: Ryan I think it's interesting looking at you sitting where you're sitting in points and knowing that a week ago at Dover on the Cup side your Roush teammate Ricky Stenhouse uh, pulled a gamble it paid off with stage points and it ultimately got him to the next round I mean With as close as you guys are all sitting, do you feel like it could potentially come down to that type of a gamble again on Saturday?
8: Yeah, for sure. You know, I think you know we talked about stage points earlier and how important they are. And that's a great example of that. You know, if Ricky didn't go out there and take that gamble and get those stage points, he doesn't he doesn't advance. So, um, prime example of how important they are. I think that at Charlotte, with you know tire management being a lot different, uh, you're gonna have a lot more tire wear here. So I think that. Realistically, it's harder to see that exact scenario playing out. Um, But regardless, it doesn't. The the point of that is is just how important stage points are. So, um, you know, to me, what it emphasizes is being able to be a top ten car and being able to be in position to get those stage points. um, Just because you know, it's. I mean, at the end of the day, this thing's it's a race. You know, it's no different than there's. You can play all these games. You can you talk about stage points. You can talk about all the different ways you can kind of work your way into the next round. But you know, we're the two guys sitting, sitting around me, we're, we're racing each other. And so if we're faster than them, then we'll be good. If we're not, then we're, we're probably going to get beat. And so uh, our pri- our priority needs to be being faster than, than the guys around me. Um, and that's what we'll do.
1: Chris? Chris, 9 Daniel, was there any uh, consideration to go elsewhere in 2018? And with a crew chief not announced yet for next season, do you have any uh, worries or concerns just any feeling that things might not go as smooth as they have this year and that all the momentum will be lost if um, he doesn't come back next year?
9: No, uh, first, I'm going to answer your question backwards if you don't mind. But, you know, first off, the crew chief side of things, Danny Stockman has done an incredible job of not only assembling the race team from scratch, is what we did over the offseason um, leading into this year. The group of guys have really never worked hand in hand together. And what we did in such a short amount of time was was pretty impressive from my side, from the outside looking in and being involved in it. So. I'm proud of that, and uh, you know we'll obviously get through the four race suspension with those guys and kind of reevaluate everything over the offseason because that's that's our time to figure out what's best for my career, what's best for the company moving forward. And um, like I said, the depth and the leadership at our company, we, we can make that decision, you know, in later data and know what's best for everybody moving forward. But our focus is competing for a championship right now in the Xfinity Series. And, um, and as far as I talk about going anywhere else, I mean, I just had full confidence in Richard. He's, he's shown that confidence to me, and he's given it to me, that there's a way to make it work, that he was going to make sure I was in one of his race cars. So um, to have somebody have your back like that is incredibly humbling. Um, that's all it takes. you got to have somebody give you a shot, and Richard's done that. So I've, uh, I've stayed as true as I can to him, and I, can, I will continue to do that as we move forward.
7: Any more questions for these guys? All right. Well, thank you so much for the time